0: Welcome Remnant Warriors. Welcome Gideon's 300. This is the Todd Coconato Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. It is Monday, March 1st, 2021. And we have a lot of things to talk about. I'm just getting back. I'm at the home base, uh, getting back from CPAC and uh, had a tremendous amount of conversations there, interactions with people, high-ranking officials, people from the former administration, congresspeople, senators, you name it. I talked to them out there. Um, anchors and news organizations, uh, policy people, military people, uh, quite quite the um, just a conglomeration, if you would, of, of people that uh, really have a lot of information. I, I feel like I, I, I leave more informed. I also leave invigorated. Uh, got a, a chance to explain to you guys last night. I don't know if you watched the live stream that I did on Facebook, but if you didn't, I had an opportunity to be in the room where the president, I know some call him the former president, I still refer to him as the president, he's my president, President Donald Trump, and uh, it was a a real uh, favor of the Lord, and I want to thank those that prayed for me. I did not get a chance to to say any words to President Trump, so I just want you to know that I I was hoping to, I was hoping to pray for him or do something along those lines, but uh, there was um, an opportunity for him to pass by where we were and yeah, he was heavily guarded by uh, his Secret Service detail, and there were some people that were with me that I thought would have... Uh, we, we got the heads up. I'll give you that. We, get, we were in the green room, and we got the heads up that the president was about to be coming, and so I thought, okay, he's going to pop in because I know this president. He always pops in. He always says hello. It was Judge Deneen. It was um, Ohio Congressman um, Jim Jordan. Uh, let's see who else was there. Pete Hegseth. Um, there was uh, Mike Lindell, my friend, Amy will height, uh, a couple other people that were in the room, uh, some, some hype, you know, policy people and, uh, uh KT McFarland. I mean, it was, it was an all-star group of people. So we really thought we were going to uh, have a few minutes maybe to talk to the president, but because of the, I think he got there late and there was like a couple other issues that were going on where he needed to take some pictures with some donors. And by the time, that was all done it was it was already past the time that he was supposed to go and speak so then th- this was the crazy thing so then i'm i'm in this green room and in between the green room there's like a kitchen area and you can i guess you can kind of walk through the kitchen to get into that's how the president walked in to get to the back of you know where he comes in and makes the entrance but you know i can't make that entrance and it's it's just completely you know full of secret service so there's no way i'm going to get from the green room you know through the kitchen to where the president is into the, into the hall to watch him. So then I'm thinking, well, how am I, I'm not going to be able to see, I can't believe I'm here and I'm going to have to watch this on the greens, you know, the, the, uh, back TV there in the, in the, in the green room, you know, cause if you have ever been in a green room, you know, they usually have like a television of the event or the show or wherever you're at. And so, you know, I couldn't watch it on the little TV, but what good would that have been? I was there. I wanted to see it live and be in the room and feel the energy and see the people that were so excited. It was like a Trump rally, you know? So we really needed the favor of God because once the president had walked by and he was about to enter and make his grand entrance, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to miss this. (laughs) How can I miss this? So Mike Lindell, and he was trying, but, you know, I don't think he had necessarily the pull. He's not an elected official, right? You know, but guess who did? Congressman Jim Jordan had the pull to get around the Secret Service. So I went with those guys, and I think there's some media footage of me walking with him. Actually, it's kind of funny. And I'm walking into the uh, the hall, and so I'm going in the hall with all these amazing people, you know. And we enter in, and so everybody sees, you know, Jim Jordan, and then they see Mike Lindell, and people just scream, they love that guy. Let me tell you something, he is a hero in our movement, an absolute hero in our movement. And people are running up to him and getting autographs, and it, it was almost like a mini Trump had entered the room. I mean, I'm not going to put him at the level of the president, but I will tell you, the Patriots, the people that came to see President Trump. And the energy, folks, the energy. I know you saw the speech. And maybe some of you were there. I saw a couple of you there. Uh, you know, a couple of you had come up to me throughout the conference. And so I know there were some remnant warriors there. And so you know what I'm talking about. But the coolest thing about it all, I mean, people were just so much energy. And when the president came in, it was like people were just so, I mean, there was people tearing up all around. And, and a light, you know, I understand that feeling, by the way. And I know there's the crowd that are like, oh, you're idolizing Trump. And so I just want to nip that in the bud right now. This is not idolization of President Trump. We are teary-eyed because we understand what this movement stands for. It stands for our constitution, our religious liberty and freedom. It stands for all the things that Reagan used to talk about, about America being a shining city on a hill, restoring our nation, turning back to our you know the principles and values that our founders wanted us to, to really live out which were, you know, are inalienable rights from God. And I want to talk about inalienable rights because I don't think a lot of people understand inalienable rights and what the Constitution actually defined as inalienable rights, rights given by God. And so President Trump was such an encouragement. If you think about his presidency and, you know, in my life, I remember campaigning with him and, and, you know, I didn't personally, I mean, I did campaign with him, but, you know, not with him, but, you know, with his his campaign in 2016. And when I went to different places and I spoke and, you know, stood for uh, voting your values and and many, many events that year. And uh, I, you know, the thing for me was, is that we saw something in him that God had an anointing on his life. We knew there was an anointing there. And at that time, I I wasn't really that active. I mean, I had worked on, I think one campaign before and, but I wasn't really active politically per se. I mean, I had been active in my community and I'd been on the radio. But, you know, I wasn't, I, I, people now look at me, and they think like, I'm like a political guy. I'm not a political guy. I'm a pastor. I pastored for 17 years. I'm not a political guy. People are trying to connect me. The reason why I'm talking about these things is because this is where the battle is raging right now for our nation and the heart of our nation, and the future of our nation, and what direction we're going to go. And all the people that say you know, don't get involved in politics or stay out of politics or pastor, you're doing too much in politics. You know, let me read this because these are the types of emails I got. This is from a, 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 somebody who you would know if I mentioned his name, but I'm not going to, I got an email today. It says, remember the quote Christians who could not vote for Trump and said, Biden is better. You know, the better candidate. There were Christian leaders that were saying this. I, in fact, Mario Murillo just did a article on this. I think there was like 500 people he put on blast, you know, but there's, Christian ministers that were out there basically campaigning for Biden, pushing Biden, saying, you know, they're tired of Trump's tweets. And and so this person says, this is evil, evil, evil. When will the church come awake? And these are the kind of emails I get. And what he's sent me is something that says public schools can be bad, but we have good schools in our neighborhood. This sentiment is familiar to those of us with kids in Christian education. If we needed another proof point, today's breakpoint provides it. I'm aware of no public school that does not take federal funds. Think of uh, the free and reduced lunch programs, learning disability funds, et cetera. So this order affects all public schools. Now listen to this. President Biden has made his priorities on this clear. In the first day in office, he signed an executive order forcing K through 12 public schools that accept federal funds to adopt sexual orientation and gender identity policies. Can you imagine this? This paves the way for ending girls' sports and violating the privacy of bathrooms and locker rooms. And, and so what they're saying is we cannot allow this curriculum to continue. We have to speak out. We have to get in there as parents. But they said that this would expose elementary age children to claims such as little girls might be little boys trapped in the wrong body, so-called gender affirming treatments including social reinforcement, puberty blockers, and mutilating surgeries will be enforced as the only acceptable course or action for counselors, teachers, physicians, and parents. Folks, let me tell you something. To the person out there that says, Pastor Todd, don't get involved in politics. You can't be in politics. You're too involved in politics. You're too political. Go back to just preaching the Bible. Well, I am preaching the Bible. And I'm also acting out the Bible. The Bible says faith without works is dead. We are living in a country where we are fighting. And and a lot of people want to give up that fight too. That's the other side of it. People are depressed. You know, they're retracting. They're not engaging. I will tell you this. The Democrats, one thing you got to admire. Actually, there's a couple, but I'll give you one. One of the things you got to admire is the minute Trump won, what did they do? They got right back out there and organized and started getting ready for the next election cycle. And that's why we saw the massive fraud and the massive uh, organization in that fraudulent effort. Remember Joe Biden, we put together the most massive fraud effort in history. Let's play that.
1: Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did did it for our administration, the president Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. And what is that?
0: He literally just lays it out and admits it there. I I think some of these videos of Biden are just so bizarre, friends, so bizarre. There was a, a side by side for Donald Trump versus Biden. And their speeches i'm going to just play that for you because you got to hear this basically this clip is just a little bit of president trump speech at cpac and then they're going to split screen which obviously you can't see but we're going to play it for you uh joe biden giving a speech in texas and just let's listen to the difference of their two speeches it's kind of bizarre and crazy at the same time
1: i think he's getting on a plane he told me last he came in to see me last event and representatives Uh, We take great pride in our country. We teach the
2: truth about history. We celebrate our rich heritage and national
1: traditions. Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie uh, Pennelly, excuse me, Pennell.
2: And of course, we respect our great American flag.
1: And uh, what am I doing here? I'm gonna lose track here. And uh
2: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, so
0: nice. I'm gonna tell you I was there and I and I felt the energy in the room. And I, I, I've never seen anything like in all my years of politics. This is what I was telling the, some of the directors at CPAC. You know I, I've never seen it in all my years. And and there can be amazing politicians and, and very charismatic politicians. But even with the best politicians, I've never seen anything like what I've seen with Donald Trump. And it's not an idolization. By the way, I did that video exposing that whole thing where the media was saying, it's there's a golden calf for Trump. Yeah, I exposed that. I did a video. Please look at the video. I interviewed the man about the golden calf. It's not a golden calf. There's still a lot of media that people are trying to say there's some golden calf and people are bowing down to it uh, of Trump, golden Trump statue. And a lot of people ask me about it because people are still believing that there was this golden calf and that people are idolizing Trump. I'm telling you guys, I was there. It's not about Trump. It's about freedom. It's about our constitution. It's about love of our country. It's about wanting to see restoration in America, which leads to revival by the way. This awakening is all connected to what I believe is an upcoming revival that's already beginning to start, but we're going we're gonna to be the ones, the remnant warriors, the 300, we're going to be the ones that are going to be lighting those flames of the fire. It's going to be the Holy Spirit, of course, but we're going to be the conduit, and, and we have to understand how to do it. I mentioned with you when I spoke with Mario Murillo a few years ago, is something that always sticks in my mind, and he told me, and it really I had to think about it, but he said, you're not ready for revival." And I was like, what do you mean? Of course I am. I've been talking about revival for years. But as I thought about that, I went back and I realized I wasn't ready for revival at the time because my heart wasn't ready. I didn't understand what new life is. I didn't understand, you know, even though I was living consecrated and I was a Christian, I didn't understand the extent of holiness, purity, righteousness, living out the word of God, getting rid of all areas of sin in our life to the best of our ability, truly being repentant and ready to walk into what God has called us to do. That's why we're remnant warriors. We don't just say remnant warriors, 300. I mean, we don't just throw that around, friends. We're not just throwing that around. We're saying that because that has meaning to it. Remnant. We are the remnant. Holy, consecrated, set apart. And, and so it's not, we're not making an idol of Donald Trump. Anybody that thinks that is just not understanding. We want to see our nation restored, restoration. Nineveh, not Sodom and Gomorrah. That means repentance, turning from sin, walking into the, the, the fire, of the Holy Spirit of living God, allowing an upper room as suddenly to happen in America. But what do we need to do as the church to be ready? Because we need to be ready as the bridegroom. We need to be ready. He comes back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. We can't be depressed. We can't feel like we've, you know, we're, we're just ready to give up. I hear a lot of that. I'm ready to give up. I feel like nothing counts that I do. That's nonsense. That's what the enemy wants you to think. Nothing counts. You're a remnant warrior. God specifically had you live in this time period. In our country that's why we're on this broadcast we're having a two-way conversation this isn't just me talking all the time i don't just talk and do this listen i just got off a plane i came home to the studio right now i haven't even got a chance to spend time with my family yet. i'm doing the podcast that's my level of dedication to you and to the lord and to this calling reason why is because i know how important this calling is for all of us not just me all of us so i want to play a couple of clips from president trump's speech uh these are just like 10 moments that really rocked uh us all that we kind of put together here uh as donald trump made this very very impressive return to the uh you know the conservative political action conference in orlando this sunday um the former president teased of a potential 2024 run He, of course, slammed Joe Biden. He didn't really acknowledge him as president one time. I didn't hear him say President Joe Biden, not one single time. Uh, But he did also uh, acknowledge the massive censorship of big tech. He also railed against political adversaries, even in the Republican Party, we call the rhinos, and he did so much more. So here's 10 of the top, I would say, moments of his speech that we all got rocked by being there that we put together. All right.
2: administration was going to be bad but none of us even imagined just how bad they would be and how far left they would go he never talked about this we would have those wonderful debates he would never talk about this we didn't know what the hell he was talking about actually (laughs) his campaign was all lies talked about energy i thought i said you know this guy actually he's okay with energy he wasn't okay with energy wants to put you all out of business he's not okay with energy wants windmills the windmills the windmills that don't work when you need them (laughs) joe biden has had the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history that's true already the biden administration has proven that they are anti-jobs anti-family anti-borders anti-energy anti-women and anti-science. In just one short month, we have gone from America first to America last. You think about it, right? America last. Joe Biden has triggered a massive flood of illegal immigration into our country, the likes of which we have never seen before. They're coming up by the tens of thousands. They're all coming to take advantage of the things that he said that's luring everybody to come to America. And we're one country. We can't afford the problems of the world as much as we'd love to. We'd love to help, but we can't do that. Biden has failed in his number one duty as chief executive enforcing America's laws. This alone should be reason enough for Democrats to suffer withering losses in the midterms and to lose the White House decisively four years from now. as you know they just lost the White House but it's one of those things but who knows who knows I may even decide to beat them for a third time okay we have a very sick and corrupt electoral process that must be fixed immediately this election was rigged and the Supreme Court and other courts didn't want to do anything about it just take that one element where they didn't go through legislatures it's illegal you can't do it it's in the constitution they didn't have the courage the supreme court they didn't have the courage to act but instead used process and lack of standing i was told the president of the united states has no standing it's my election it's your election we have no standing we had almost 20 If you think of it, we had almost 20 states go into the Supreme Court so that we didn't have a standing problem. They rejected it. They rejected it. They should be ashamed of themselves for what they've done to our country. They didn't have the guts or the courage to make the right decision. We must have voter ID. Voter ID. You know, to get into the Democrat National Convention, when they had the convention, you needed voter ID. You needed an ID card. You couldn't get in unless you had an ID. So many people told me, you can't get in that place, you need ID, nobody had ID. You need voter ID, they know that. This is a con job, they're conning everybody. The time has come to break up big tech monopolies and restore fair competition. Republicans, Conservatives, must open up our platforms and repeal Section 230 liability protection. And if the federal government refuses to act, then every state in the union where we have the votes, which is a lot of them, big tech giants like Twitter, Google and Facebook, should be punished with major sanctions whenever they silence conservative voices. The Democrats don't have grandstanders like Mitt Romney, Little Ben Sass, Richard Burr, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Pat Toomey. And in the House, Tom Rice, South Carolina, Adam Kinzinger, Dan Newhouse, Anthony Gonzalez, that's another beauty, Fred Upton, Jamie Herrera Butler, Peter Meyer, John Katko, David Valadeo, and of course the warmonger, a person that loves seeing our troops fighting, Liz Cheney, how about that? The good news is, in her state, she's been censured and in her state, her poll numbers have dropped faster than any human being I've ever seen. We're in a struggle for the survival of America. As we know it, this is a struggle. This is a terrible, terrible, painful struggle. The path ahead will not be easy, but we will win. We are going to win. Ultimately, we always win. And when we do, history will show that this was the moment when we could have given up, when we could have despaired, but instead we chose to keep on pushing forward. The greater the challenge and tougher the task, the more determined we must be to pull through to triumph. We have to have triumph. We have to have victory. With your help, we will take back the House. We will win the Senate. And then a Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. And I wonder who that will be. I wonder who that will be. We went through a journey like nobody else. There's never been a journey like it. There's never been a journey so successful. We began it together four years ago. And it is far from being over. And you know what this is, the hardest working people, hard working American patriots, is just getting started and in the end, we will win, we will win. We've been doing a lot of winning. As we gather this week, we're in the middle of a historic struggle for America's future, America's culture and America's institutions borders, and most cherished principles. Our security, our prosperity, and our very identity as Americans is at stake, like perhaps at no other time. So no matter how much the Washington establishment and the powerful special interests may want to silence us, let there be no doubt we will be victorious and America will be stronger and greater than ever before.
0: So you can hear the energy there, and it's it's pretty impressive. I want to talk about the inalienable rights, because I think this is important. I told you guys I'd talk about it. So the American founders argued that people have rights regardless of whether they're able to put them into practice. This is why they call these rights natural. They are part of what it means to be a person. They could be denied. They could be violated. But only under careful, carefully limited circumstances could they be rightfully taken away. Governments... Uh, were were legitimate to the extent of that they protected these rights. Does that make sense? And those that arbitrarily took them away possess no moral authority. This is what we have to understand as we're standing, because this is what the founders in the Declaration of Independence were talking about, that all men are created equal, that they, they were not ignoring the obvious differences that make people individuals. Differences in appearance, of course, personality, aptitude, skills, character, But all men are created equal in the sense that we are all human. We're born with certain inherent, natural, and unalienable rights. And those rights are life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. The essential equality means that no one born with a natural right to rule over others without their consent and that governments are obligated to apply the law to everybody equally. So, of course, in order to protect the rights of peaceful people, It could be sometimes necessary to infringe the rights of the aggressors. And the founders understood that criminals who are a threat to safety and property of others, for example, need to be prevented from exercising that right, the right to move about where they please, if they're going to come and attack you, if they're going to steal your property, if they're going to try to destroy. Now, if you think about that in the terms of the rioters and the people that just destroyed many cities in our country, they don't have the right to do that. And, and, and in order to protect others' rights, those people should be punished. Now, were they punished? No. In many of the cities, the leftists allowed them to roam freely and let them out. They even paid for their bail. But uh, let, me, let me put it like this. In other words, a right is one thing, but freedom to exercise is something else. The founders were well-read in their history, so they understood that most people in the world could not easily exercise the rights to practice a religion or to keep money they earned. They were proud of the heritage as Englishmen in keeping with the theme that the British documents of the Magna Carta and, you know, the John Locke's second um, theories of civil government and the English Bill of Rights, they approached the task of guaranteeing liberty by limiting government. See, this is the key. Limited government, a government that protects inalienable rights. While the rights are listed in the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness were inalienable the founders understood that individuals are often stopped by from exercising them indeed this was the very purpose of the declaration of independence to explain that king george III's violations of the colonists inalienable light rights justified the american revolution the founders knew full well that while we are born with rights we need some protection in order to have the freedom to exercise those rights this principle helps explain the difference between natural rights and legal rights, while natural rights are uh, basically part of being human, you know, they're to, to exist prior to any culture or society, legal rights are those that are acknowledged and protected by a given government. So in the Founders' understanding, natural rights would include the right to life itself. Now, this is why I fight for life. It's literally an inalienable right. It's, it's a right from God. And yet the, the demonic people of our generation think that they have the right to take it away, friends unbelievable and and so we have to stand for life the right to think for oneself we have to be able to think without being canceled the right to self-defense we have to have a second amendment right to be able to protect our home from people that may come in maybe the police can't get here fast enough we need to be able to defend our property and the right to keep what we've worked for honestly without government overreach without them taking it away Legal rights would include the right to vote, another uh, violation uh, that the government is overreaching in, taking away our vote. They they literally, I mean, gosh, the president was, I, I give him credit. I was sitting there watching Mike Lindell watch the president. I'm thinking, what is Mike thinking right now? Because he's literally putting his whole business, career, and everything on the line to stand for our voter integrity and to also fight for what happened in 2020. And I was like, I hope President Trump mentions it because Mike is in this battle, and he did. He mentioned a lot, and, and it is important, the right to vote. We're going to talk about them more this week, but the specific uh, methods by which fair trials are conducted, that's another one, copyrights and patents, those are all government rights, legal rights, but we're talking about inalienable rights. The founders recognized from reading history as well as from their own experience that governments are often the greatest enemy, <laughs> greatest enemy of individual rights. At the same time, they knew that without a government to restrain them, the people tend to form gangs or rely on families and tribes to protect them. These groups war against one another, and they make exercise of individual rights just as unlikely as under a tyrannical king. Of course, representative governments, although most likely uh, will protect the individual rights, could also be the means uh, which the rights from the individuals are trampled, though. And that's what we're kind of seeing now. And so it's government overreach. It's good and it's bad, but we have to keep it in check. And the only way we can keep it in check is by pushing back and knowing our freedoms, knowing what we're supposed to actually have that are given to us by God. The founders understood the freedom would depend on the citizens remembering that government derives its authority from the people who consent to give it that authority. And therefore, we must work to serve the common good, treating every citizen Equally with inalienable rights, freedom depends on citizens who care enough about preserving it, willing to stand, to really evaluate the people who run for office, and to elect those who demonstrate wisdom, restraint, personal virtue, and that understand the Constitution. Most of all, freedom depends on citizens having the wisdom, courage, and sense of justice necessarily to take action when they see government overstepping its boundaries. I wanted to read that. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Do you feel like that today? Do you have those rights protected in America? Listen, this week I'm going to break down a lot of things. I'm very busy and I have to lay out, I gave you, I said I'm going to give you a 10-point strategy of what we can do with the community. That's going to take some time to put that together. I want to have a very strong 10-point strategy. We're going to put together this re- robust plan and this is going to be our guideline as we move forward as Remnant Warriors as to what we're gonna do in our communities, our churches, in, with government, uh, with our small businesses, ways that we can push back, ways that we can overcome the tyrannical regime that is currently occupying DC. And I know uh, many of you come on this program because you wanna hear new information, and I do have new information, and I'm going to give that this week, uh, but, but I also have to lay all this out. I thought it was very important that we cover President Trump's speech Uh, because uh, it was a groundbreaking speech. And then we're going to continue to break down some of the things that I think were underlining messages that maybe are not being reported by the mainstream news. But this is going to be a pivotal week. If you're able to listen to all the podcasts, this week I'm going to break down a lot of crucial, key, and important information. And so please tune in, share the videos, share the information with people, let them know what we're up to. And uh, only by you sharing and your support – todcoconado.com/give slash give that we can continue to do the work that we're doing here. I I just feel so purposed right now. There's so much many many things I'm going to lay out for you guys this week. And I wish I could do it today, but I have to go spend time with my family. I'm sure you understand that you know they miss me and I have to spend time with them tonight. So I I can't go much longer on the podcast today. And I hope you understand that. But this week I'm going to do it guys and uh, I'm really looking forward to spending time with you and breaking this stuff down, and thank you for tuning in today. Appreciate you. God bless you, and we'll be back tomorrow with the Remnant Warriors, Gideon's 300. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you.